glory in the legends of this hard muscle life. And there's poetry in each season made of sweat and strife. But now's the time to work and strain at a sport that tests the spirit and challenges the brain. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go. Yeah, I'd like to have 75 degrees of sunny all the time, too, but that's not football. Do you fear the force of the wind, the slash of the rain? We're going to play a suit right in rain. Go face them and fight them. Be savage again. What up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Put Me In Coach podcast. It feels like every time we do this, it's like one week of pure joy and then another week of pure <laughs> sadness and despair. Hilarious. Um, it's just the cycle of <laughs> our lives. Uh, Bobby Blanco, Greg Porter, Ian Foster, Tom Natale. Follow us along at PMIC Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, on Facebook. You can like, subscribe, and review on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Spread the word. Let, let us know what you think. Tell your friends. Um, yeah, let's get into it because... <laughs> Every th- I hate football so much. I hate I, I hate how much I love it. I hate how much it crushes me. And so much bad news came into my two favorite football teams in what was the span of twenty four hours. In the past week, Maryland football eyes a death sentence. Most promising Redskins running back in twenty five plus years tears ACL in preseason. Nats lose by walk off in consecutive nights, exit playoff race, and Ernie J- Grunfeld is still the GM of the Wizards. But <laughs> Caps won the, Caps Caps won won the, the Cup. The cup. <laughs> I'll take. We're the fine. Cup. I'll take the cup. Uh, yeah, I wasn't even including the baseball. The baseball has been atrocious to watch. It, though. I mean, it's just unbearable. Um, Virginia's doing great. No, Bruce. No. <laughs> They're not good, so we no longer care. Is that what you're saying? No, we still care. It's, it's, it's that we care, that which makes it harder, Porter. You know how this goes. I know. We're going to get in. We're going to start off with the, ter- the Maryland Terrapins. Um, Terrapins I football is. I am a terp. There you go. Uh, Maryland football has been, it's secondary to us because when you think of, at least from our childhood, when you think of the University of Maryland and their athletic department, you think about their basketball teams. I mean, both of their uh, men's and women's teams have won national championships within the past, well, in 16 the 2000s. Years, yeah. yeah. So, um, 16 years. you know, yeah, Maryland football has been essentially relevant. I mean, they've been essentially mediocre. And now that they've been in the Big Ten, um, they're probably even less than that because they're not a b- they don't have the ability to compete with an Ohio State, Michigan State, what have you. Um, but they have been in the national news for another reason. Yeah. And um, what, what's transpired or what's been revealed over the death of one of their um, offensive linemen is, is just outrageous. And um, just to kind of give, catch everybody up, um, <clears throat> back in spring practices in May, um, 19-year-old Jordan McNair, who was an offensive lineman from Maryland, um, collapsed of a heat stroke. Um, he was then spent 15 days in the hospital, which he received a liver transplant. Um, eventually ended up passing away. Um, it's about two weeks later following that. Um, <clears throat> uh, so he passed away June, was it thir- 12th? Yeah, 13th? something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's now August 14th. Yeah, so June 13th, that's when the school announced that they would investigate this death. Um, the week following that is when Jordan McNair's family lawyered up. Yeah. And... Um, you know, it, it kind of actually then August 3rd is when training camp came back and um, everything resumed with the strength coach that this article will, will lead to it, uh, shortly and the, that kind of culture that's been a, par- a problem, a part of this football team continues. Um, then really shit hit the fan uh, just a few days ago when ESPN um, released that mammoth of an article um, really going into... Um, 
great detail of what the culture is like um, through this football team, um, going into detail about the strength coach, Rick Court, who was really, um, he's looking at potentially even being prosecuted at this point. Um, and then the basically the atmosphere that surrounds this team and what DJ Durkin, Durkin has done as a coach in his two years here. Um, this is a complete shock. Um, you know, Durkin himself seemed like a very unassuming, just, you know, football lifer, and I never would have expected this. Um, that article ESPN published a few days ago went into detail about the McNair death, but in addition to that, it, this was a team that was, um, they led their team through humiliation, bullying, um, lies, and, and just, you know, every single negative aspect I can think when it comes to team sport. And it's just, um, it's shameful. I mean, we have two former Terps here. I know Ian's family has been, your, your, both of your parents went to Maryland, is that right? Both of them. Um, there's just a lot of shame uh, up in College Park right now. And uh, I, I see no way to get around this than just cut the cord and start over. You have to. It's just, I mean, that's the kind of the, that's the takeaway from today's press conference from President Wallace Lowe and the admin, uh, the athletic director, uh, Damon Evans, you know, it was like a non, it was a non update update. You know, they didn't really yeah. say, I mean, they, they apologized. They took responsibility. They apologized to the family. Um, they fired their strength and conditioning coach. Yep. And they started this other, so they're investigating the death and now they're starting this other investigation into the culture of yeah. Maryland football, yeah. which like this should have happened two months ago when this kid yeah. died. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it took two months for them to do this. They should have already been doing it. So again, it's not really, not, you know, Durkin's still on administrative leave. He's going to yeah. be fired at the end of, yeah. he should be at least at the end of this, yeah. no matter whether he knew it or not, either way you can't justify keeping mm -hmm. him because yeah. if he knew it, obviously you have to fire him. If he didn't know it, then there's obviously some discord in there yep. where he's not being told things. And so in this, we Rick, can't let him keep his job. Rick court was his first hire. Yeah. And that's the other thing. This was his guy. You know, he brought him in, yeah. um, you know, so like how, how can you can't after something like this happens as a university or athletic department, you can't expect to keep this coach and your program to succeed. How mm -hmm. is he going to go out and recruit kids, sit down with a, with yep. an athlete yep. Yep. and his parents and be like, I want you to come play for me in the school. Yep. The first thing that the parents are going to ask was like, well, how can we trust our kid to be safe under yep. your watch? He, a he, kid died under your watch. Yep. And even if it if he wasn't there and, you know, this was at the um, negligence of this Rick Court guy, he's lost all credibility regardless. Right. Yeah. And I mean, this, it sucks for him, really. I mean, what... It sucks for, you know, because whether he, if he knew it, obviously, well, you're a dirtbag. Um, if he didn't know it, it's like, well, that's tough luck. But, you know, this is your first head coaching job and you probably won't get another one. Because, you know, who's going to hire you as a head football coach after something like this happens under your watch? I mean, it, it just sucks all around. As 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 a fan, as an alum, you know, as a, as a lifelong supporter of not just the football program, but all Maryland athletics, um, you know, I'm, I'm mad. I'm furious. Like, yeah. My dad is writing to the athletic. We just got our season tickets like this, this in the, in the past week in the mail. And mm -hmm. my dad's writing to Damon Evans tomorrow is being like, I want my donation back. I donated to the Terrapin Club. I want it back because you don't deserve my money. And they don't. Yeah. yeah. This is shit. This is yeah. a shit situation. So do you watch the show um, Last Chance You on Netflix? Yes. So, you know, f football is a different sport because it is such a level of violence and, you know, it's called barbaric and all these sensationalized words. 
But, I mean, it's not like working, you know, in some kind of white-collar job. There's, you know, there's emotion, there's testosterone, there's competitiveness. So, I mean, yes, I know everyone speaks, you know, the locker room talk, it, it's significant. And I, I brought up Last Chance You because they were saying, they were cursing after every other word. Yeah. But some of these, in, this, yes. in this article, um, they went over certain aspects of the culture that was at Maryland. And, and a few things that really, really rubbed me the wrong way was how um, they would bully their kids, where if a player was injured, for example, they would take all their crap from his locker room, his locker, and leave it in the shower. Um, yep. There was a story about um, an injured player would have to um, go into a tug-of-war battle with his entire position group. Um, there was examples of players getting food smacked out of their um, their trays. Um, they would, and when he lost, he got called a bitch or a yeah, pussy. Yep, yeah. he's going up against like six other guys. Yeah, they would did they did the private pile um, boot camp thing where if someone gained extra weight or something, they would have them eat junk food in a circle. Then the rest of the team would have to do would be PT'd um, around him. I mean, causing just complete chaos. And you know, I I believe. Yes, there's got to be a level of, I mean, they have to be as highly conditioned athletes, especially a sport like football where your body's just going to be beat to crap for the next, you know, four months. But humiliating these kids, these aren't professional, these are amateurs. And, you know, calling out their manhood and, yeah, Port, I really want your opinion because you being in boot camp, I mean, I'm just I'm just chomping at the yeah. over here. So I, I just, uh, it's really embarrassing and, you know, if this is really how it is for amongst football or is this the pussification of our generation, you know, there's a difference between, no. you know, pushing someone to the limit and then putting all this, an injured player, putting all this shit in the shower. Like, stuff like that is just, you know, pathetic. I think any institution in which you are trying to, if you look at, like, the, really, if you boil down what football is, especially at the college level, is you have one person who's in charge with a couple of other people that are helping them create a atmosphere in which they need the basically everyone below them to do what they're told, right? So it's a quintessential leadership position with subordinates below them, and you are trying to get them to execute a mission or a plan that you want them to do. And when they don't do it, it fucks everything up, right? So a lot of it, which you look at to sports and you look at fraternities, they yep. bastardize the military motto of training, yep. or model, excuse me, yep. and think that they're doing what they've seen in movies or what they think or if they've ever experienced before. But the problem is, is that military training, even with its, you know, it still has downsides and people getting hurt and injured and even killed. But it's an incredibly supervised environment in which you have trained professionals that have gone to school for a very long time that know the warning signs of different things yeah. and how to act appropriately in those situations. The that's, difference being That's also is, training someone for combat. Exactly. <laughs> but, the, but, the, but that's the, the key part of it is that you have people that are... You know, there is a level of stress and um, wear that is put on a person because of the fact that they, they, they need you to get stronger than they need you to understand your mission and what you're supposed to be doing. So they're giving you the stress to be able to accomplish that. In football camp and in practices and things like that, this level of, I guess, oversight, which obviously was not there, uh, this power that was, that was used uh, unchecked, um, and, and methods in which that were completely, by the textbook of all things, hazing. Yeah. Um, and yep. not an a, 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 uh, environment in which where you're supposed to be training student-athletes, which the NCAA loves to fucking talk about, but then they don't like to prosecute people for doing shit, which 
Real Sports did a piece on this about two months ago about how the hazing and the coach, uh, the ramifications for coach that, you know, abuse their players, um, that threaten their scholarships if they don't perform well, that say, yep. hey, you've been injured too long. I got another person that's going to come up. I'm going to give your scholarship away if you don't perform. And they did, they did and that they, too? And they do that. And they do that on a regular basis, and it's unchecked on a, all the time. Maryland is at least the president. I like the president's comments because he came forward and he was like, look, we were wrong. The institution was wrong. This is going to be corrected. And this is on us. Basically, just like this is this is us. Doesn't matter. I mean, obviously, people are going to be fired, and, and the you know the fo- have, you know he should be fired. But um, I didn't like the athletic director. I didn't like um, um, David Evans. Uh, Damon Evans. Damon yeah. Evans comment comments. He just he for how long he's had to deal with this seems so ill prepared for that press conference. Like he was just chopping each sentence and reading over and over and over again. Like he was looking. To, uh, he just. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like his. I like the president. The president basically just spoke from from himself. He looked down a couple of times, but he was, you know, at least compassionate and understanding to the fact of just like, you know, this should have never happened. It's terrible that it did, and we're going to try and fix it. But I, I just the whole everything else that's come out around it, you know, is uh, not really substantiated, but at the same time is in the realm of being able to be believed given everything Absolutely. else. So it's just like what the like what the fuck. We're at the same time, we're Maryland football. Yeah, we would love to be better. We would love to be, you know, competitive within the Big Ten. But I feel like people who the to, the telltale sign of a shit leader is someone who yells when they don't need to. And I feel like every video I've ever seen of this football coach and this other strength coach is they're just fucking screaming their ass off, thinking that is going to get them respect. Sure. The, true thing of a leader is being able to get other people to do what you want them to do without them actually wanting to do it. So, or, or going against their own values or own self-preservation. So I think it's a failure from all around. And I think it's honestly a lot of what the football coaches are is just like they're thinking it's like the military. Like they do rep cadences. They yep. do run chants. They do, you know, they, they act in the same manner because it's a model that they can copy. Um, and it's do just, you, do you take offense to that as a veteran? People saying it's like the military. Well, 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 Football camps like the military, or just how they they're running their operations, like it's like it is a no, boot camp. I I I've always gotten pissed off when people say like, oh, I've been in a fraternity, I know what it's like to be in boot camp. I've had many <laughs> people say that to me before and just like <laughs> exploded with rage. Yeah. Um. But no, I because I, I get where they're coming from because sure. there there's how else do you train other people to get them to do what you want? But I mean. There are ways to do that in a professional manner, which obviously we had not been doing. And yeah. even in the Marine Corps, there are ways that, I mean, in boot camp, I, I tell people all the time, I go to Afghanistan five more times before I ever go back to Marine boot camp. And even while I was there, it was shitty, yes, but there was never a point at which where I f- feared for myself or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I was, I was there to do a job and learn how to do it. And that should be when you go to play football you're there to learn how to play better football and do good at it not worry about whether or not you're gonna fucking die in practice because they're not letting you drink water sure yeah. <clears throat> you're a student well, still you know right. you're not it's not even professional football yeah. where this is like your job like you know obviously the marines you volunteer or, or whatever and, and go it but you know and professional athletes they get paid to do so that's their livelihood right these are college athletes that are supposedly students first so they're you know supposed to be focusing on school instead of football yeah and then they're literally being Killed, yeah. Playing football. Also, the, now in in 2018, <clears throat> the thought of of rationing someone's water 
not allowing them to drink water while sweating their ass off in the middle of the heat. You know, you know what I mean? Like that just yeah. that just doesn't make logic sense. Yeah. And there's was, so many documented cases of why that would just go terribly fucking wrong. Yep. And if your sole purpose is to win games, you should probably make sure your your players are healthy and pay a vested interest into their you know longevity than just running them into the ground. Yeah. Like, right. And and that's one of the more striking things that stood out to me during the press conference was that Lowe particularly made a clear division between coaching staff and yes, training staff. Very much it so. Was the, the, he put the blame on the training staff and even Absolutely. took the blame away from the coaching staff. Yeah. So saying like, and I don't remember, was Durkin at the workout in which no, he wasn't. He was not there. So I mean that that helps in Durkin's case, I guess. Um, kind of. But well, I mean, because like, coaches. I mean, it was an it was a May practice. I mean, I'm sure he was on recruiting trip or something. How many other practices has he been to or seen him conduct practices with the players as a training coach? But I don't. I don't see I that don't, behavior doesn't just happen like one well, day. But also, you know what I mean? Well, it could. I mean, if it, it were ever happened, it would be the day the head coach isn't there. But the head coach doesn't have. The, I, I feel like you know. I, I see your point. You but know what I mean? You'll see mine. Yeah, 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 yeah. If this guy, if this one strength and right. conditioning head coach was going right. to go off the rails. Any, at any time, it would be the one time Durkin would, wasn't there, you know, where he wouldn't get caught because, yeah. you know, because if a kid tattled him, he would just make him run harder or something like that, you know? Or there were multiple times where he wasn't there as well. Yeah. And so, you know, and I mean, the fact that this is a, a Big Ten football program who doesn't have a training staff that can't recognize, that can't, has, that has a training staff that can't recognize dehydration yeah. and, and exhaustion. Yeah. I mean, he, he was, Jordan McNair was, uh, according to this report, was being carried by his teammates during his last sprint. Yeah. Um, and he, when he got to the hospital, his body temperature was at 106 degrees. So yeah, which no, that's, they, that's they, insane. They didn't yeah. have the, that's insanely high. They didn't have the awareness. You start losing brain. You, you start beginning brain damage at zero, 104. They didn't have the awareness to give him water or put him in a ice top ice tub. Yeah. Cause that's he, the other his body. No, let me know what the fuck to do. So what? That's yeah. insane. So I get why the you know. Yes, this relies solely on the training staff for not. I mean, they said if they had done either one of those things, he he, he could have saved his life. Yeah, um, the the lack of knowledge was also what was really shocking to me. Yeah, of just how much these are professional trainers and and coaches and physical fit. Like they, these people understand the human body more than anybody else. Yeah, that's why they're they're, that's why they're there. Exactly, they're the strength and conditioning coaches. They're the training coaches to get these people in the best possible shape. And they're, I mean, like. I was having a conversation with a colleague of mine who's an Army Ranger officer um, who was talking about how if this had happened in the military where one of their guys had gone out because of that, the officer would be gone the next day. Yeah. They would be fired. Like, you, you obviously cannot control the responsibility of being able to – because, I mean, we even – we anytime we're on a training mission, anytime, there'd be everybody, get your canteens out. I don't care if you've already drank it already. Fill up another one. You're drinking this entire canteen. Yeah. When you're sweating that much, when you're going through – when you're – depleting that much water from your body and, and it's metabolizing everything else and you're, you're needing to put electrolytes and everything else back into your body, you have to drink water. And at the moment you, you're thirsty, you're already dehydrated and you're fucked. You're essentially going against the clock. Yeah. So to keep someone in the heat, in pads, to not be able to, to regulate their own body heat by like the sweat getting like some breeze to it or something like that or then putting water back in for your body to function properly, that's unexcusable. Yeah. And I feel like their entire group should be gone. Yep. I think that's a general consensus. I mean, so, and that's why Matt Canada was actually hired as the interim head coach because this guy was just brought. Um, Canada was brought in this past off season, this December, 
So uh, he had no affiliation with the rest of Durkin's staff. Staff, um, so they could potentially move move on with anyone related to this program yeah. um, under his watch. Um, and, and the training staff will certainly be uh, dealt with, and I would assume Maryland will set up some kind of settlement with the McNair family, as they should, um, because this was definitely a preventable death. But um, I'm almost looking at you know football as a whole and watching this last chance you, and I, I guess what really, uh, of course, what happened to this player is tragic and awful, and um, but the constant belittling, humiliation, embarrassing, embarrassments, um, things such as this, this is not the only school that does this. Yeah. And I, I feel like to, to that level, it's, it's completely inappropriate. Well, here's and the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. So, like, you know, you, first of all, you never, you know, we're here, uh, you know, Maryland fans and grew up in the area and still live here. So you never think it'd be your school, like, you know, stuff that happened like Oklahoma State or Ohio State with Urban Meyer or whatever. Penn State. Yeah, Penn State, too. Obviously, you never think it'd be like your school. Yeah. And then now that this is all happening in our backyard, it's like very raw. No, raw. I don't know. Thinking, no, yeah. I'm thinking of beer. Because we don't think of ourselves yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, that's not. And, but then it's so it happens. And, and yes, now it's like obviously shoved in our faces because it's our school. It's our, it's our area. But this is going to have a major ripple effect, yep. not just in college football. And all college athletes, no matter what sport mm-hmm. or what level, you know, from the, from the FBS down to like JUCO yep. um, and high school, and you know, this shit happens in high school too. Absolutely. This shit happens in you know eighth grade football when these that's because these kids are getting recruited out of eighth grade. So you don't think that coaches are pushing these kids that hard or doing that mm-hmm. stuff, you know, when they're eighth and seventh grade, 13, 14 years old? Absolutely. So now it's going to be this shift in where. Coaches are going to be have to be extremely cautious in what they do and say, and it gives more power to the players because they can just be like, "Well, I'm not doing that because that kid died, so yeah. you don't have, you can't make me do this anymore because I don't want to. I need my water break. I don't want to do it." And the coaches are going to either have to say yes or give it to them, or say no and risk losing their jobs or going to jail. Yeah. I, I would s- I would say the opposite to that. I would I would argue that, and I, I see what you're talking about. I would argue the point of. If I had a, if I had someone below if I had a subordinate below me and I was like, nah, I'm not doing that, man, I might die. They're like, all right, sit on the sideline. See if you play. If you're not gonna do reps, I mean there's there's a balance that you can have between like I I definitely get and that's kind of the culture we have today of like everybody pull their phones out and be like, You're not gonna I'm not gonna be this person that was, you know, on the last viral video. So I wanna document it and I wanna be like, No, nah, I'm not gonna do that. Um, but I feel like in those situations where there's there is a there's definitely the the problem is not the activity that they're doing the problem is the leadership capability and managerial style of the people implementing what they're trying to accomplish. Well, yeah, the culture they, of it all. They just they just don't understand how to lead people and they've never done it properly and they just think that yelling and being able to to scream out someone to do something that they're telling them to just based on the authority of which that they sit is enough. Is horseshit. You'll never get people to follow you the way that you want to by doing that. You'll never be able to get the ap- the 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 outcome or the performance out of people by just fear and everything else. Respect and um, you know compassion and all that stuff will always win. I, I don't know how you can inspire people through humiliation. No, um, you can't. Well, yeah. that's the point. No. And well, so here, so the other points that though is like take last chance. You you know people are motivated different ways. 
you know, yeah. and people respond differently to different motivations. Absolutely. And, you know, I forget if it was this past season or it was the season before. It was the head coach was just going in on a kid, calling him a bitch, you know, calling him a big baby. And an assistant yeah. coach had come over, like, he doesn't respond to that. Like, he's not one of those kids that responds to, like, negative talk and, and, and you know, yeah. embarrassment like that. You have to not coddle him, but you have to, you know, be more encouraging and positive. That's how you get this kid to play. He's not like uh, he's not like other kids yeah. who w- would respond to that. Sure. So it's it's part of that. That's the that's like the main part. Like you were saying earlier, that's like one of the biggest factors of coaching. You have to be able to know how to motivate not just your whole team but each individual player because right. everyone responds differently. Especially right. a part of uh, in the college aspect, uh, DJ Jerkin sits in these kids' family rooms and basically gives a pitch, a sales pitch, to that young man and his family, saying you know he's going to be he's under my watch. Yeah, I'm gonna take care of him. Make sure he goes to class, gets his education, gets a degree, and you know performs well on the football field. Um, and then when you read something like this, it's just uh, I, I just uh, he has to leave. I, I mean, I don't know who in the right mind would want their send their child there. Yeah, they're still children. Yes, I know they're they could vote and everything, and you know, um, and listen to the military, but they're still you know this was a 19 year old kid. Yeah, um, with a bright future. Apparently, yeah. he was you know obviously he was a freshman last year. Mm-hmm. He got some playing time. Of, I think was projected to be a starter this year, and yeah. he apparently he was really good in the classroom too. Like real smart kid, went to sure. Madonna. Um, you know, um, local kid too. Not like you know he's he's Maryland born and raised. Yeah, you know, we're we're talking about like the the football environment as a whole. Um, on August third, when training camp resumed after Jordan McNair's death, Rick Court was still there, and that same level of bullying continued. So it's almost like nothing changed, even though a player died on their watch. Yeah. And until this article came out, what would have happened if yeah, this if article if didn't, didn't? What if ESPN didn't investigate? Yeah. I mean, kudos to that reporter. I forget her name. Uh, who who released it? Um. Yeah. I mean that that's that's like the terrifying question. That's a question that you know probably haunts parents. Yeah. He- Heather Dinich. Yes, her. Adam Rittenberg and Tom Vinci. Um. You know. You know, parents of other players being like, "Wow, what if that never came out? You know, my son would would still be going through that, and it could have been him, or you know, it could have happened to anyone else too. You know, there could have been more deaths like this. I mean, it's terrifying. And um, and this is you know, not to get all snooty about you know the media and everything, but you know, this is what this is what journalism is for. You know, sure. this is why no, it we is. have the freedom of speech and freedom of press <laughs> in this country, and that's why when I won't say who the president gets up and berates <laughs> the media. It's like, well, without the media, this stuff wouldn't come out. Yeah, and then it just continues. Sure, it's. Um, it, I guess what was such a shock because if this happened under Randy Edsel, this sadly would not have surprised me um, because I, I'm pr- within one year during Randy Edsel's tenure at Maryland. I mean, you had like a record-setting number of players transferring because they just could not stand to be around this guy and what he did for the football team. Um, I, from what I understand, there's really been, you know, there's no hi- other past history of Durkin setting up a, a staff like this. Yes, this is his first head coaching gig, but, um, you know, this was a, you know, first time offender, at least according to this article, it seems like. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in the camp of where, you know, from what I understand, I mean, I take the information I'm given. So from what I understand, Durkin wasn't at this, wasn't at this, uh, pres- specific practice he wasn't given the full information of what had happened 
that I'm not saying he's completely innocent because it did happen under his watch, but he seemed like he didn't know. Mm-hmm. To your point about him versus Edsel, I know for a fact I've talked to former Maryland football players who they all hated him. They all hated him because this shit happened under Edsel, and they didn't like it. Yeah. And players wouldn't didn't like playing for him. I've heard the complete opposite about Durkin. The players, for the most part, like him. And, you know, he was very welcoming and energetic and positive. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's tough. I do feel bad for Durkin a little more after today. I feel like a little more of the blame has been shifted off him. Not all of it, but a little more of it. Just because it was clearly the training staff's fault as opposed to the coaching staff. Um, but, yeah, I, I, it's a shame because... I like to think that Durkin is a good guy from everything. Up until this point, I thought he has been a good coach and a good yep. guy. And the other thing, this is, has thrown off a promising season for the Terps completely off the rails. I mean, how yeah, can yeah. we, how can one, I mean, not just us as fans, but how can you expect these other coaches who are innocent and these players to go out now focus on football? One of their teammates just died. Mm-hmm. They're starting school again. You know, they're everywhere they go, they're going to be asked about this. Yep. For the rest of their lives, um, you know, this is going to be surrounding. No one's going to want to talk about stuff on the field. How can you show up to practice and or a game day and expect to perform? You're not even that good of a team to begin with. Yeah. And, you know, with all this going on, I mean, it's just it's just a complete and utter disaster from all from all standpoints. Yeah, and I think um, what your dad's doing, asking for his donation back. I'm sure he's not the only alum that's doing. Oh, that. they're getting. He's not. No, yeah. they're getting. He's not at all. They, uh, <clears throat> I think Evans referenced in the press conference that they, they have heard from, you know, friends and family, parents, um, alumni. Um, and he even say, hey, we encourage and welcome all communications from everybody from the whole Maryland community. Yeah. So, yeah, they're going to get a lot. Yeah. Uh, I recommended, I told my dad, hey, you should get your money back and donate it to like a foundation set in Jordan McNair's name or whatever charity or whatever, or his parents, you know, medical bills, whatever they need. Because... I mean, I'm, you know, they deserve it. Not, not yeah, the, not like the not NCAA school. paid for it. Not the school at this point. Yeah. It's embarrassing. It is. And, it's, and, and that it's like, it's kind of a shock still that this happened to our school. Yeah. You know, that's like, that's the, we have a very affluent and large booster program, which has always definitely 100% geared itself towards our basketball program, but also the academics of which we're like, Maryland is a, quiet top 100 you know public school uh as far as across the country i would i would venture to say in in the top 50s no no no, like education wise i think it's like the top 20 yeah it's very it's very high right it's a very good school so i didn't get in (laughs) twice (laughs) and tom it's smart guy it's the i think for because of that that also brings an air of like really you guys yeah like how, like, how like how is that us because the vast majority of people who went there, like myself and Bobby and, and you know, your dad and other people, like people I've worked with uh, that I work with, you know, it's just like we all talk about this and you're just like, how, how is this, how did this, how did this happen? Yeah. How did it get to that point? Because that's not the idea or the image, at least, that we have of our school. And it's sad to just, you know, the impact that one person can do and the damage that this can do is, is huge. And, I don't know. It's just how you come back from here. I don't understand it. I mean, like you said, like, I mean, we haven't really been a good f- football program since we moved to the Big Ten. The hopes of what being of getting more money to get, you know, more, um, what is it, the distribution rights or the television rights and everything like that to try to build up the program. But this is just, 
this we took two steps forward and took ten massive fucking steps back yeah, with yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Like there's like you're saying to recruiting, recruiting's shit now because of that. Uh, I mean, at least in a we location had, that makes it advantageous right. to recruit. And we we have the like, you know, a huge talent pool within the the private school community in this area, and now. Not only are we not good, but we have coaches that you know are negligent in the fact of players' deaths. Like, sure. it's just you're not going to recruit the top people that you want. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, and that is a, it's also a shame because that was like, a you know, one of Durkin's strengths was his recruit ability to recruit and his ties he had, um, not just in this area but down in Florida and great hotbeds. Easy there, Porter. Um, <clears throat> And now his credibility, for <laughs> his credibility for recruiting is just out the window because how can you how can you ever look into a parent's eye again and be like I can take care of your son and trust yeah. your son into me? See, and right. that's what I don't understand why they haven't just into canned me. him already. Yeah, well, you know, that's just, it. So, just move on. And part of the press conference, uh, the time Wallace Lowe's timeline of this second investigation said they're they're going to expedite it. You know, they're going to make it go by quickly, and they hope to have the results by mid September. And one of the reporters who was there like asked, okay, so you're not going to fire Durkin until you get, get this report back, and which he said is going to be made public. Um, so that's going to be three games into the season. So you're going to decide whether or not to fire a head coach three games into the season. You know, to Tom's point, why not just do it now? If, yeah. if I were Durkin, just resign. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, because what benefit if, if, you know, if you decide to keep him on, one, I feel like half of the fan base and alumni and parents are going to disagree and, and, you know, quote unquote boycott, I guess, or whatever, and not, not want to support him while he's there. Yeah. And then if you do fire him, now you have to start from scratch in the middle of a season. Yeah. And that's just, that's, that's almost, that's almost so impossible. Stupid. Yep. Yeah. And we're just, <coughs> we're less than a month away from the start of the season. We're, we're two, we're two weeks away. It's September Jesus, 1st. Man. That's awful. All right. Um, moving on to, uh, the Burgundy and gold terps. I am a terp. Who is? Fear the tortoise. Okay, so... Um, is that what it is? Yes. <laughs> um, pour one out for Darius Geis' knee. I think he's going to be okay, guys. I think this is all a ruse. It's a very so late a- April Fool's Day. <laughs> so I, I, I do this... Sit all in for week one I, uh, of 2019. <laughs> I, I do this bit where if something in DC sports, something really, really bad happens... I sit in the corner of my couch and just stare blankly into the ceiling. I, I'm devastated. And so within one preseason game, I'm already sulking in a corner. Uh, and then I'm actually, this is now three times because of the two walk-off hits against the Nats this week. Um, uh, folks? But this injury is a... Uh, He's breaking that fucking thing. Is a, it's, an absolute, <laughs> oh, it's an absolute killer. It really is. I mean, like Tom said in the opening, one of the most if not the most promising running back we've had since Portis. Yep. Definitely. I, I even give him more so. Yeah. Just because we knew who Portis was. Yeah. And he was a yeah. yeah. Um, His comp was Portis. Um, he had that one run in the game against the Patriots that was just. It was the run. It was the, was that the one they got hurt oh, on? Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. see the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch it. I was in Florida. I couldn't watch the game. Couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. Um, but I saw the run on Twitter. But they obviously they didn't show him like, getting tackled and getting hurt. Yeah, it didn't even look that bad. It, really it didn't, didn't look bad, and it even he bad at all. He walked off. He was interviewed in the locker room after the game. He's like, "Yeah, I'll be fine. No, all I'll all be good. good. Yeah. All is good." And boom. Bobby's hey. biggest fear just came through. Like, hey guys, before I get this MRI, I'm gonna do like 
a thousand jumping jacks <laughs> with like a 50 pound weight on my vest <laughs> on my chest it'll be all right you know it was uh so at the days later the acl news was revealed and um you know redskins fans everywhere were just crying in unison um but one thing that really really showed me how much he's been welcomed by this team by this organization his teammates uh, i was watching chris thompson's reaction they interviewed chris thompson following the geis injury and thompson started crying yeah i got emotional yeah and um just he's a big impact player he's, yeah. he's got a great personality people gravitate towards him i mean that's half the reason why they liked him and he's come in he's just an amazing person mm-hmm. with incredible talent yep. and he does what he's told and he runs the routes he's supposed to and he does well at it it's like a fucking Weird. great <laughs> you 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 couldn't possibly do better yeah. <laughs> and now you can't play yeah and, and if you know the backstory of guys i'm was, so mad at you so, because you're so good and now right? you can't play and he's so happy yeah. all the time yeah. even through I, i'll give him credit even through this he's still like smiling like yeah. i'll be re- i'll be back i'll be ready yeah i mean a couple for, fortunately a few things in acl injury is not a death sentence like it used to be right i'm um, telling everybody just you get out of college you go immediately to the surgeon and you get robot knees just everybody, <laughs> just just don't even don't even wait. Just get the surgery ahead of time. You we get have a, the technology. You get a year break from when you're drafted. You go through a shit ton of surgery. We put some robot knees in you, and you're fine. So on to that point, let's say he comes back, runs for a thousand yards, fifteen touchdowns next year. Can he be rookie of the year? In the, the NBA, you would right. The Ben Simmons, of <laughs> <that>. yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I love you, Darius guys, but I would say no. Come, come this back. Is, this is your comeback player. You're come correct. True. Not rookie of the year. I also you like Kim be? Kardashian. Yeah. <laughs> on, the, on the video, right? On the video, right? She had to come on her back, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the same time, I, I'm maybe there's some fortune to the fact that he injured early. So it's not something he has to – will he be ready for next year? He will unequivocally be ready by yeah. then, hopefully. Yeah. Knock on wood. Um, but. That's what I say. I want to see what Dalvin Cook does this year. True. Yeah, he's like the blueprint. We he, got her, he's, he's the he barometer. Week, week, week one? Yeah. W- one or uh, two. No, it was, it was like four games into the uh, season. Okay. but Because he was playing really, really well. Yeah. He was in like an RB1 or RB2 in fantasy. Um, okay, so Geis is going to have two months yeah. on him. And even so, Geis's backstory was what was so, you know, people gravitated towards him because he came from such a really, really poor area of Louisiana. Um, you know, was under the shadow of Leonard Fournette during his first couple of years at uh, LSU and then really just um, was incredible the past two years. And he was projected to be a first-round pick. And then something went wrong during the draft interviews and he fell to us in the middle of the second round. And it just seemed, uh, it really, it just seemed too good to be true. Yeah, especially after we traded it back. Yeah. We traded it back. Yeah. And then we still got him. Yeah. Which, and, which was amazing. And... Of course, you, you have to sympathize for um, someone like Darius Geis. And, but um, from, a, from a football standpoint, this is very troublesome, in my opinion. Um, the reason why, um, while we have an excellent running back in Chris Thompson, he is not the bell cow, you know, 20-plus carry uh, back that we expected out of Geis. So that leaves it to Samaj P. Ryan, Rob Kelly, um, I wouldn't even, wouldn't even put Byron Marshall in that category because he's basically Thompson's backup. So that leaves us essentially, I'm sorry, Samaj P. Ryan, Kelly, and Capri Bibbs. Um, I like Bibbs. I think we all, we, we all like Bibbs. Maybe we, we haven't seen enough of P. Ryan. Maybe, can, maybe I'll give last year a mulligan, but um, the current talent on this roster for running backs, that is not good enough. And like I've said before, 
When Alex Smith is Alex Smith, when he is at his best, he has a lot of variables that are going for him, and one of which has been a dominant running game every single year he's been successful. Um, Jay Gruden, well, he has a, a, does an amazing job at designing offenses, his West Coast offense, the short to intermediate passing routes. He has um, – we haven't had a 1,000-yard a runner once since he's been here. Um, and without talent, like Adarius Geist, this is um, – yeah, I have the fear already. Bobby's biggest fear just came We'll through. be fucking fine. <laughs> Super well, get, Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl. Well, we got this. With, uh, with the negative news, there is some positive news. You bring up Alex Smith. Alex is having a great first camp with the Redskins. I mean, apparent, from all reports, he looks crisp as ever. Mm-hmm. Really crisp. adapting to the offense. You know, there was... Student of the game, would you give him that adjective? I guess oh, so. yeah, he's white. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. You knew what you were doing. Um, Subtly. You know, one of <laughs> one of the, not Knox, but like I guess, yeah, I guess a knock on Knox Smith when the, the deal was made and he came over to the Redskins was, you know, yes, he on paper fits well in Gruden's offense, but how well will they get along? Because Gruden likes quarterbacks who take a shot and um, they go for it, and Alex Smith isn't one of those. He'll protect the ball first likes to be told what to do but he was that last year he was a deep ball thrower even without Tyree kill yeah I I was talking more like trying to like squeeze it into a tight spot or Uh, like throw it to a guy who seems covered even though you know give him a chance try to give him a chance that was that that was like the one knock on it and it's like Alex Smith doesn't take chances in in that in those terms but apparently he's he's adapting well and he's having a great camp and you know has has been a great leader in the in the locker room and on the field and is learning the offense well um, the receivers are playing well. Um, so, I mean, I, I th- even though the guy's injury sucks, and Tom, I think you mentioned this too, I think the offense runs through Chris Thompson instead of it would have run through Chris Thompson instead of Darius Guy. So, you know, we still have him. Yep. He's still healthy. He's back. He's available. Yep. Um, you know, we, I think the Redskins can make do. It sucks, but I think they can make do. So, well, now they have plenty of time, ample time to prepare for it at least. Um, and you have running backs that are familiar with this offense. Um, so, Bobby, I know you missed the first preseason. Graham Porter, Ian, and myself did not. We watched the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian, did you – a couple – any observations that you want uh, off the top of your head? Um, so, one of my first observations, I kept on writing them down, um, and this guy has been really, really impressive in training camp, and that is Maurice Harris. Mm-hmm. Mo. Ian? Mo, 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 mo. You're a Maurice mo, Harris mo, guy. Mo, mo, you know I mo, love Maurice mo, Harris. Mo, mo. Who? Who? Mo. Maurice <laughs> Harris and, and Robert Smith. Well, now he's out too. <laughs> ACL. God damn it. Um, but I, Maurice I, Harris, ever since last year, like he had the he had the catch of the year in mm-hmm. my opinion. That was one of the best catches. I've and I'm not just talking about Redskins. I'm saying that was the best catch of the year. Yep. He's had a stellar, stellar camp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just. School Tremaine Johnson, yep, who had what the the biggest Jets signing of Jets history, mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm not correct. Yeah, right? that's correct. Yeah, and then in in practice, he just schooled him. Yeah, a couple times. He's I, I think you're gonna and almost that's our WR four. You yeah, I would say you he essentially locked down. Um, he's the fourth receiver on the depth chart, so and you, I think he's gonna get a lot more playing time than I think so too. Yeah. He um, should. He's even been playing in the slot. I mean, he's versatile, and you wouldn't expect that out of like a, you know, he's a big-bodied receiver. He's 6'3", 6'4", I think. Yep. And undrafted six, guy out of Cal, this is his third year. And 
Um, was on the practice squad from the majority of last season and uh, has really just worked his way up. And says six three two hundred. Wow, yeah, the coaching staff loves him. And he's yeah. he's the new Ryan Grant. Who? <laughs> Maurice Grant. Uh, we need to add a new rule to DC sports rules. <laughs> the name Ryan Grant shall not be said in this. All room. right. So since we took one off because we won the cup, add no add. Ryan Grant should not be said. In this Bobby, room. I was playing. I got the new Madden, and the Redskins play the Colts week two. And uh, Ryan Grant scored a touchdown against me. Oh, he caught a ball? <laughs> in a video and, game. And, in a video and, game. And he's, he's got the like, best goddamn hands in the league. That's how I know that game isn't realistic. <laughs> Brandon Lloyd. And he found where the, where the, the line, the line is. Um, yeah, so in terms of receiving core, it would be what? I guess Crowder is the number one. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be, yeah, yeah. but he'll be he Smith's was. number one target. Sure. In terms of receivers, not kind of the, the tight ends. And then Doxon. Richardson. Nope. And we then forgot Richardson. about Richardson. Yeah. And then, well, I think Doxson, just because he's I would bigger, say Richardson would be well, above Well, the deep threat would be above him. I agree. Just because of the deep threat? I, I just think he's better. He's going to be yeah. the Tyreek Hill. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I am. I do not have. I have little faith in Doxson. Really? Little. Actually, th- I'm going to completely disagree with you on this one, Tom. This year, I have a lot of faith in Doxson. He played all season. Oh, I thought he was a Tyrell Pryor. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Don't worry. That was a fun tweet. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, the thing I read, dude, I laughed. Yeah, that was so good. Um, a, couple other things, a couple other things I noticed. Um, some young players. Um, seventh round pick out of uh, Virginia Tech, Greg Stroman. Um, he returned. He had a 20-yard punt return. Um, for the love of God, Jameson Crowder is no longer the punt returner. Please. Please, 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 please. Oh. Can we get Bell back? Ooh, Darius Geis can run him back, too. No. Uh. <laughs> Um, Stroman <laughs> Stop doing terror stuff. <laughs> Stroman went step for step with um, Philip Dorsett, the Patriots' deep threat. That was a former first-round pick um, on the first series of the game. He was involved a lot. Uh, he was like one of those players. Like he's in on that play again. He's in on that play again. He's um, you. It seems like the Redskins are really doubling down on their young corners because they just released um, Orlando Scantrick. Orlando Scantrick today. That was a, signed to a two-year deal. That's a very and, obvious. Uh, abruptly um, cut even before the second preseason game. So now they are really going, you know, putting their chips in on this young core of corners of um, Quentin Dunbar. Fabian Moreau, is that right, Ian? Yeah. Holsey yep. last year, um, and then Stroman. Uh, Stroman, and then... The, and uh, Danny Smith. Johnson. Johnson, Johnson. sorry, sorry. Um, I'm, I'm and that was another old, guy. Thinking of our old <laughs> gum, gum in the lip, yeah. <laughs> our yeah. special teams coach. Uh, Eddie Johnson. Was it Eddie Johnson <laughs> or no, Danny, no. Danny Johnson? I'm sorry. Yep, you're right. All these names nobody knows. Danny Smith. Yep, you're right. Who? Um, who has well, really wowed? Uh, <laughs> he's no, really no. wowed during uh, uh, training camp. As I've read, he was an undrafted guy at a Southern, uh, which is an FCS school. Um, so who is? It's got to be Doug, not Bruce, right? Yeah, yeah. We we can't give this credit to Bruce. I'm not giving Bruce shit. <laughs> Bruce, really? Nope. Virginia's doing great. <laughs> Nice. Hey Bob. Speaking of uh, off the field. Speaking of young guys that I think that are going to make this team, I, I I think another young player made enough big enough impression that he's going to make this squad. And we mentioned him a second ago. It's Byron Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, he I thought he looked halfway Wish decent last year. I liked him last year. Yeah, we, we all did. Yeah, and the coaching staff seemed to like him too. And I, I remember after we drafted Geis and P Ryan was back and Keller, like everyone kept on saying, "Look out for this Byron Marshall guy." Um, I made the mistake of watching his highlight tape from uh, while well, he was at Oregon. 
shouldn't have done that. Um, he was a, he played everything. He was a kick returner. He was a receiver. He was a running back. He did everything. And um, I think with Geis being out for the year, I, I would say Thompson obviously is he's going to make it. And then you're going to have this three way battle between four way between Bibbs, P Ryan, Kelly, and Marshall. I would say Marshall makes it because he would play Chris Thompson's role. Mm-hmm. Yep. So now you have. We'll probably keep. Um, I would bit. say because they don't have a fullback, so they will probably keep four running backs. So that's between Kelly, P. Ryan, and now, and Kelly would be the guy. And well, that was the but, assumption. But he's the lost whole... so much weight. Yeah. So can he yeah. can he play fullback anymore? Yeah. I, don't know. It, so I that, really think it depends on how well P. Ryan runs. Well, that was the assumption going into camp that they would probably keep four running backs. We talked about that in our last yeah. episode, and now that a spot is open, you would think they probably have to keep. One or if not both, or both of Kelly and P. Ryan. And then that Kelly. leaves the last spot for Bibbs or Marshall. Sure. And now it's just a matter of, I guess Bibbs is more the more mm-hmm. quick one and Marshall's a little more bigger, or in terms of like just girth. Sure. It's, do we have, is our running back, our starting running back for this year, is he currently on the roster or is that something maybe we look towards free agency? I know Adrian Peterson's still available. DeMarco Murray. There are a couple of free agents available. Is that something worth looking at? I say say it's on the team. It's on the team? I say it's on the team. Yeah. There's a reason why we traded back. We we traded back because they were confident enough to be like, okay, we could do running back by committee. Yeah. Yep. And that's why Geis was sitting there. We could have had him. Yeah. And Gruden, Jay said that. He goes, I, we were comfortable with our running backs currently on the roster, but it just so happened Geis was our best player available at that time. We had to take him. How do you yeah. not take him? Yeah. Yeah. You got, another, you, you got an extra third-round draft pick after you trade it back. Yeah, you, you take Geis then. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, I, no, I would agree with that, Ian. I think he's on the roster now. I mean, I, it never hurts to just look at the market. I mean, I'm sure that's what they're doing. It, it. If, if something falls, yeah. yeah. Closer you get to, like, week uh, one, you know. I, I would say P. Ryan probably has the higher ceiling. Uh, I think he is such a he's such a powerful runner. Um, and He was a fourth-round pick for a reason. Um, and he was one of the most um, successful running backs in – you know, the Big 12 while he was at Oklahoma. Um, I mean, they basically did it last year, especially after the Chris Thompson injury, but it was Thompson and then, you know, between P. Ryan and Kelly, whoever had a good week that week, whoever had the hot hand that week, they sure. got the other half of the carries and the other guy sat. Sure. So it it's, um, it's not like it came down. It's just, you know, we're for sure just not getting our 1,000-yard rushers this year. P. Ryan fumbles. He's got butterfingers. He fumbled last in the preseason game, which but his, knee, his knee was down, but he still – Coffee. The ball came down. out, and His that drives coaches crazy. And crazy. At the same time, that is a fixable problem. Should be. It. it I, I would. I would hope so. Tiki um, Barber. Yeah. Tiki huh. Barber fixed it. He never fumbled when he played so, us. But, so if you're playing against the Redskins, then it should be okay if you're playing for the Redskins, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Two hundred fifty yards a game. <laughs> yep. So if if you Bobby Ian, if you all had to make a prediction, who who would be the starting running back? By, come come by, week one. By by week one or by week eight? Because by week one, I think it might be Kelly. I was going to say Kelly. And then by week eight, I think it's going to be P. Ryan. Uh, yeah, I would say probably Kelly because his familiarity with the offense and Jay Gruden loves him. Loves him. Yeah. Loves Rob Kelly. I don't get his three yards a game is so seductive, but for some reason it is. Um, he can't be called Fat Rob anymore. Because he's, gonna lose a, he can just, he's going to be called Robert. And he's losing weight. 
assuming that means he's getting faster too, you know. But I, I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say Kelly because Gruden loves him and he seems to get more touches. But week eight, same thing. Yeah, you could, no, I, you know, but it, it could be as early as like week two or three, you know. <laughs> yeah, very true. So it's that's what I'm saying because we 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 basically did this committee by committee last year, so you know they can get by doing it. And, you know, the rest of the offense seems to be playing well. Offensive line, it's happening. I mean, they're beating the shit out of the Jets. They really yeah. are. Um, but yeah, do, you, do you want to talk about that video that came, that viral video that was released today? I just can't believe they, like, they let it f- flow over to the fans. Right? Like, how is no one else getting it? Like, at least pushing them away from the fans. Well, a fan nope. got, like, laid on top of. Like, what the hell? Didn't care. <laughs> nope. And the other funny thing was, like, the media members couldn't take – they weren't allowed to take videos at the time, but it was, like, fan appreciation day. So all the thousands of fans were there all had, like, their phones up, like, donks and, like, filming. And I was like – all the media members were like, yeah, we can't do that. But just check Twitter. You'll find it eventually. It's so, there. But, yeah, I mean – And the, the players afterwards were like, I hate scrimmages. Right. Because of shit like this. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but also, to, to that kind of that point – does a healthy offensive line helps the running game too? Remember last year we didn't have a healthy offensive line. I know this offensive line isn't built for the run game, nope. but a healthy one, a healthy one a healthy possibly one could I, could I, help. I haven't seen it, but we also haven't seen a healthy. Yeah, didn't you say have the same lineup for a single for back to back games yeah, all we season? Had, we had the most offensive line. Yeah, combination, but, combination but, but even the year the before league. that or the year before that, we just not have not had a good running game, and maybe that's because of the running back, but. Um, yeah, I, I put that true. on both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, take our O line from last year. Put that healthy versus three, four years ago. Which one would you take? Healthy last year. Yeah, I mean, the we got the bookends now. The bookends right. are yep. there. Trent is Trent, all pro, probably the best. Oh my God, I love him. Um, <laughs> and Morgan Moses, Morgan Moses was a was a Pro Bowler too, and he's got two ankles. Now. He played on what? Two broken ankles. <laughs> two. Broken ankles. Right tackle. Brandon Sheriff, all pro. Mm-hmm. Went healthy. Extend him, please. Um, Extend Sean Laval. He's my guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm building the franchise around him. <laughs> I, so I think it's a factor to keep in mind, too, that this offensive line should be healthy this season and help out the, the running game. I mean, again, yeah. not going to have a 1,000-yard rusher, Just push but they don't second. need it. No, they you, you really don't need a 1,000-yard rusher to for that anymore. Um, I feel like it's Clinton Portis was on Grant and Danny. Um, I think yesterday, and he actually provided. He was really, really insightful when he talked about the running back position. Where God, I hope he's doing well. <laughs> Seriously, like I hope he's like he's improving his. Oh life. my God, him on the sidelines is. No, 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 I meant like they remember that story coming about. Yeah, how he almost killed. Like was going to go kill a person, and he like yeah, battling an depression investor. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why they're leaving him on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about that. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you. That. <laughs> what? We'll tell you after the. Um, Clinton said that, especially... I was going to, and then I was like, nah. Running backs are so situational now, where you're not going to see the 25-plus carries unless you are a Todd Gurley or Zeke Elliott or something like that, where you have to you know, get warm after 15 carries or something, um, which I know you've talked about with Samanje Piran. He's someone that needs carry after carry after carry after carry because he's such a bulldozing runner. He's going to you know, deflate that defense. It um, always seemed like he got better as the game went on. And sure. The more he played, the more he you know, got comfortable, was more comfortable initiating contact and falling forward and not coughing the ball up. Yep. Um, but that comes with reps. And it always seemed like every time he would start getting a little hot, he would get yanked. Yep. Yep. I, I would also say 
you're, he's going to have to do that with 15 carries because Chris Thompson will probably get about between 5 to 10. And then we're going to run a lot of run pass option with Alex Smith even going to, you know, I would say about a handful of runs per game, most likely. Um, they were using the RPO option a lot during these scrimmages with the Jets, apparently. Um, and Alex Smith is a much better runner than Kirk, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, which is crazy because he's so much older, but yeah, he but is. And he Kirk is. was a good runner. I mean, I just have Kirk images of... Underrated. Yeah. As, but he's not weighed down by the Holy Spirit. I have images of <laughs> do, doing the run pass option. <laughs> Doing the what? option on like a third and five. And that's Alex not, Smith running for like 20 yards. That's not a thing? Uh, well, apparently it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, you wanna, going sorry, back, not sorry, Jesus. Going back to that preseason game against the Patriots, I know we're kind of it's kind of a free, free fall at this point. Um, someone else that really, really uh, impressed me is another rookie. They're late round pick, Ian Dew, two actually. Um, nose tackle, Tim Settle. Oh, Tim Settle was so he good. He was unreal. He looked like Warren Sapp in there. He really did. Stop like, it. He was demolishing. But well, okay, so <laughs> <laughs> to, to calm my boner down, like it was, by the end, he was, getting, he was getting pushed around. He was getting knocked back a couple yards at the end, mm-hmm. but that's because he was tired. He doesn't need to be that guy. He needs to be a rotational guy. Yeah. And when he's in there... Holy shit. If yeah. he's anything like what he just showed us. His first step. I mean, huh. he was blowing the center. Blowing him up. Off the line easily. I mean, he was he's a big man, too. Yeah. Um, he's listed as 6'3". Again, I got to give it to Bruce. Not Bruce. I got to give it to Doug. Okay. Yeah. Almost 330. Is he, a, is he a 2008 Michael Orr? <laughs> well, but on the opposite <laughs> side of the ball. <laughs> um, you know who also led the team in tackles was uh, Sean Dion Hamilton, yeah. the former Alabama yeah. linebacker. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. An Alabama football player okay, leading but, a team in tackles. But there is a but. Let's talk about the shitty Alabama player, Ryan Anderson. He sucks. He sucks. Really? He does not look good. Just at so all. He just does not impact the game whatsoever. The entire time we watched how the much game. Did, how much did he play? A lot. First half. Whole first half? But no, I know Im- the, no impact. I know there's a couple Alabama I, fans I, fucking listening to this podcast no, no, right hey, now. Roll skins. No, no. no. <laughs> and, then, and I know you just said to yourself while listening to this, roll tide, go kill yourself. No, no. All of you. Jesus. No, no, no. Don't. <laughs> hey, 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 don't listen to that. Okay, keep keep on giving us your players. Yes. Fucking <laughs> hate that. Do not listen Tusk to Tusk Tusk Richmond. Tuscaloosa yes. Richmond. That's a thing. That's a thing. Roll skins. I roll see. Skins. Uh, I'll agree with that. Uh, I took two notes on Ryan Anderson. I see nothing out of Ryan Anderson, no involvement. Ryan Anderson continues to be a non-factor. Um, if something were to happen to Kerrigan or Preston Smith, what do we do? Um, I mean, I know Pernell McPhee is there, but still, I, I just... What I want to see, someone like Tim Settle dominate games like this. Yes. Where he's playing against, because he's technically a second or third stringer at this point, and he's playing against other second stringers, third stringers, and he is kicking their ass. Dominating. So what that means is he can, he can play. That stuff plays. That's going to go against first stringers. When Ryan Anderson, you are a former second-round pick, you know, a borderline first-rounder, and yep. dominated at Alabama, and aren't doing shit against scrubs, that is, that's a problem. All right, I'll have to say for myself. It's bad. It's, I mean, I've, I've also well, seen some reports he was having a, good, a decent camp, or nothing negative at least. But nothing positive also. Nothing right? too positive, yeah. He's just there. It, like I keep on waiting for him to be that guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he's but he's not. Last year I gave him a pass. Yep. 
Okay, but week one of preseason. Yeah, uh, and and I'm still it's still out. Yeah, yeah. The, the jury's still out. Yeah, I'll, I'll but, but from what I watched that, that, in the that game, is, that is very disappointing. Here. I was very disappointed. Yeah, it sucks. How about, what about did Jonathan Allen play? Probably not. No, he didn't play. Yeah, ease, um, him, ease him into it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, what about what about what about Payne? Payne didn't play not. either. No, yeah, he looked great hurt. on the sideline. Yep. He, um, does he have his cast yet? Or boot? Well, not a cast. A walking boot. Sorry. He was he was dressed. He was dressed. Okay, yeah. I'll take that. Um, Zach Vigil can play. Victory. That's one of Ian's guys too. Fuck yeah, I love Zach Vigil. He's really good. Um, I think he could start for a number of teams out there. I most love likely. all of our linebackers. Linebackers. <laughs> oh, really linebacker. good. Spate. I love Spate. He can play. Yeah. Vigil. Dion Hamilton can play. Yes. And what what happens when you have um, athletic linebackers that don't start? Put them on special teams. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Be good at that. Man, I'm so looking forward to actually watching a game. <laughs> I literally had a dream last night. Oh, my God. And it was the Redskins. We were so good. But Alex what? Smith also had on our team, for some reason, we had Tyreek Hill and Darren Sproles, and we were just destroying everybody. It was like a Madden game. Yeah. Actually, it was more like NFL Blitz. Yeah. Did you have a wet dream again? Well, let's not talk about it. Yes. <laughs> uh, but you said, oh, okay. <laughs> Fuck. Um. The Redskins scrimmage of Jets this week, and then another video <laughs> was posted today. <laughs> this and, shit was fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> so there was some b- bad blood between Terrell Pryor and the Redskins organization, and that's all really coming to fruition this week. And it was something that was anticipated. Yeah, where, uh, you know, I think it was Zach Brown that said, "You know, if if he wants to be physical, we'll handle it." And then uh, there's that video today of. Terrell Pryor and Monte Nicholson um, in one-on-one drills, and Nicholson makes a really good play, and the Redskins defense just swarms Nicholson and, you know, just celebrating and talking shit to Pryor, and then Swearinger just is just unleashing holy hell on this guy, just yelling, like, you don't, you don't even get the respect to have corners cover you. Only safeties do, and, and just mm-hmm. really just cutting to the core, and then he does the... I can't even describe it. What is? What is? He, he, he bucked at him. He <laughs> bucked at him, and Terrell didn't even just flinch. You, Terrell turned his body. <laughs> Terrell turned I, his entire body and and gave him the back of his helmet. I bucked. You flinch. You garbage. <laughs> that's that's what happened. Honestly, I bucked at you. You flinched hard. You garbage. How how amped did that video get you guys? I wasn't expecting it. That's the funny thing because I thought it was all about the play in the end zone of Nicholson covering him and knocking the ball out and then them just like jumping on. And then they started trash talking and I was like, okay, like whatever. And then he bucked him (laughs) and he flinched. I was like, oh shit. Like I think everything we've talked about on the podcast before of just like these high expectations for his playing and his ability to, to be a dominant added, you know, a, a value add to the Redskins and just it not happening. And the rest of the team sees that every fucking day, and they're like, "Hey, man, like, how about you fucking do what you're supposed to, you know, and be this elite specimen that everyone was fucking talking about in preseason last year, and then him doing absolute dick all uh, throughout the last 16 games, like, just you know, do something." Yeah. And the rest of them being like, "Hey, so there's obviously some he rubbed he rubbed people else the wrong way with between really oh, just like the way that he either performs or talks in the locker room or something." Because I think pretty much everybody else was just like it was hey, a combination of that of him. I guess from what I've read or, on, or what I understand is that he had this, I guess, confidence or cockiness to him. But everyone's like, "Dude, you haven't played like one. You haven't done shit you in got, games. What, you got one touchdown. One that one touchdown against Kansas City. That 
I made a that you, miss. That you missed. <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> and then you, right. and then he oh missed. Oh my god! He missed the last like six games of the season because he was hurt. So it's like, dude, that was, where, that where, was where is this confidence really coming day. from? You're not playing. You're right? not doing anything. You can't catch the ball. You can't run a route. Um, and then you're gonna talk smack when you sign with the Jets. Yes, I, mean, I don't. Yeah, what was he? he what did he say I, today? Okay, or, and, that, and that's yeah. the thing. But it was on Sunday. Okay, so it was on Sunday, and I just saw it a little bit ago, a couple of hours ago. So on Sunday, when the Jets got there, Jay Gruden came up and said, "I don't want them to fight you." Whatever, I'm trying to trying to make the peace. And Terrell Pryor said to Jay Gruden, "They can't guard me. They can't guard me when I'm healthy. Healthy, they can't guard me." And then cut to Monte Nicholson. A safety. A second-year safety. A second-year safety, not a cornerback, because apparently, Gordon DJ, they don't respect him enough <laughs> to put a cornerback <laughs> on And that's him. been confirmed. <laughs> confirmed. I'm ready to I like, run through JP a wall. JP has said <laughs> the Redskins have not put a cornerback on uh, Terrell Pryor all week. And what has he done? Nothing. 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 How, much, <laughs> how much are the Jets paying him? A lot. Well, we only paid him, what, eight mil? Seven. Which, I mean, seven, seven, eight mil, which is... Atrocious. I mean, it just, when you it think just, about it, it just, but <laughs> but for one year to do Jack Dickle for what he was supposed to get <laughs> for one touchdown for for what he was supposed to get, that's that's actually a bargain. Seven million for a touchdown. Um, God damn, man. that um, video got me so like we, I was ready to I, run through after a all wall. the shit that like, football. I would put hate us. to be a fucking CPA for the goddamn Redskins. Our balance sheet <laughs> has to make no fucking sense. Actually, it's pretty good. <laughs> We have a lot of cap We have a lot of Pretty good. Redskins in 99 to 2000. So we had the, the Terrell Pryor guy didn't really work out too <laughs> you know, well. You know what was really cool? Yeah, that investment. Um, that's, that's down about 200%. It's when I watched Monty Nicholson make that play on Terrell Pryor, then his teammates swarm him. Love it. It's shit like that that I love. And the reason why is you can tell that this means something to them. Like there yeah. is a level of chemistry, some, some camaraderie with this team because, you know, the, one, the football, football teams that are good have this level of, you know, companionship. They care, um, they care yeah. This level of chemistry between the others. And um, it, it just, I haven't seen us act like that before. Who, that video yeah. of, of Mickelson and, and Pryor. After after uh, Mickelson knocks the ball away and stands up, who's the first person to get to him? Josh Norman. Yeah. Josh yeah. Norman was the yeah. first person to run. He, oh, he is God. a veteran, all pro, uh, played in the Super Bowl, and he is running to hug a second year player who just made a, a play in training camp. In training camp. I mean, God, that, that's awesome. That's the shit good teams do. Mm-hmm. And you know, he doesn't even Nicholson doesn't even play his position. They play, they complete different positions. Yes, it's a secondary group, but he's a safety. And Norman's a you know all pro corner. And he's the first one to run to him and jump on him. Yep. That was so awesome. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. I love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, certainly there, there's still a lot of hurdles this Redskins team has to go over, but you can tell that you know, this team, they, they seem to get along. Um, like, there's definitely a level of. Uh, and also to that point, I mean, everyone's been talking about how great Alex Smith has embraced this team and how they've embraced him and it's people are saying you know it's different than last year because not to say that no one liked Kirk but you know the his whole contract thing was you know hovering over everyone's head so maybe Rose, people rub people the wrong way Rose I don't Rose think anyone a little warm. I don't think anyone disliked Kirk as a person and a little warm because I mean how could you he's a saint um but thank you you know with I, and I, I think we're, we're all Kirk guys I feel like he's one of the when someone asked me about like let's say if, if I he 
was an associate of Kirk. I was like, yeah, he's a really nice guy. You know, he's well-intended, but, you know, he's not the kind of guy I'd get a beer with. Would yeah. that be a good way to describe yeah. it? Yeah. Actually, it's yeah. really good. Yeah. 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 Cause I feel like I'd be very annoyed in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was listening to... Uh, <laughs> just, just saying. I feel like I would not have a good time. Yeah. Which doesn't say... I think he's a great person. Absolutely. I just I, I wouldn't because I feel I'd be bored in like I was listening to uh, 980 today. Chick, our, our our very own Chick Hernandez uh, was on hey with um, B Mitch, and they're talking about Alex Smith. And Chick was like, he he's like, this can come off wrong, but I mean, the best way he's like incredibly average, like as a person, like he's just so down to earth, like talks to you face to face. That's and, the best. You know, he's the type of guy you go get a beer with. That is I, the type of leader you want. How many times? Hundred percent, a relatable person. Name. You, you don't this, hear Alex Smith. No, you name. don't. You, you know. don't. And that's a good thing for a quarterback. Correct. And then when you read about it, it also says the quarterback position. And again, Kirk guy. That means he's doing his job and being guy. quiet about it. And he's doing apparently better. Yeah. He's connecting with the receivers better. Yeah. He's connecting with everybody, the entire offense better. It hurts me. It does. It does. It does. But I'm happy as shit. And especially, there is zero drama. Is anybody. No drama. I guess the only shit. drama is Ryan Anderson isn't playing well. Right. Well, it's really, it's literally guys. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, that's not even, even drama. That's just like even, shit. Nobody's even talking about Anderson. Yeah. That's how little drama there is that yeah. nobody's even saying like, oh, our second round draft pick sucks. Yeah. Not sucks, but got hurt. No, no, I'm talking about Anderson. Uh, okay. Last year's. Last year's second round. Yeah. So, uh, no, it, it was. Yeah, it was, yeah, 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 yeah. The guys isn't even drama. It's just like, damn it. <laughs> that's just shit. Washington Redskins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. just welcome to DC. I assume we'll see Alex Smith officially in a Redskins uniform. I'm actually, uh, I'm really this Thursday. Me too. I'm looking for. What do you think? Game Ian excited for a Redskins game? <laughs> you think he's coming out this week or, or next week? I think he's got to come out this week. They'll play. I, I would say he'll play a couple he'll, series. He'll play a couple series. He'll play most of the first half next week, and then he won't play at all in the fourth week. Yeah. Yep. So that's. I mean, yeah. I think he has yep, to play this yep, week. Yep, you got to yep, put yep. him in a game situation. Yep, 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 yep. He has to. He yeah. should, it's mean, also the home opener. You made this big trade. I mean, they got to like show him off. Yeah, I'm no, excited. Yeah. I'm excited. I get to watch at work too. So I hope Terrell Pryor plays. I hope oh, he, they better light him oh up. Oh my god, <laughs> light him Can up! Can you just imagine yes. watching DJ Swearinger just sprint across the field and just <laughs> well, Terrell Terrell like jumping up. I got it, and then just getting. Wrecked in midair by well, he, well, you know that he doesn't. He wouldn't to, do that. He would alligator arm it so bad. Well, also he doesn't even need to be touched because he's going to drop it. I want, sure. I want that video of special teams where the guy from the Baltimore Ravens is just like, "Come on, man, call a foul!" And then he runs halfway across the field and just spears that guy, and then goes over to Ray Lewis and he's just like, "Oh my goodness!" And he's losing his fucking mind. You know what I'm talking about? You know that video? Nobody, no. all of you motherfuckers, <laughs> not, know what the fuck I'm talking know. about. <laughs> Are you serious? I've seen that like three goddamn 30 times. You're scaring were, were us. Were you yet? sleeping? No. God damn it. All right. You know what? <laughs> Show it's us an, somebody, Show somebody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. I hope it's air. Bill. But seriously, <laughs> like that video of that guy sticking the shit out of that guy, like right on the, on the, on the Raven sidelines, like he destroys him. And Ray Lewis comes off the sidelines like, holy shit. You just murdered that guy. I got a boner right now because I'm Ray Lewis, and you just murdered a guy. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's it, it's, it's, it's an amazing stick. Hey, brothers. He's, he's for you, he, the guy. The guy who hits him is mic'd up the entire time. For the life, I, for, I I'm kicking myself for not knowing his name. It would be better, but it's it was an amazing fucking hit. If, there's a highlight reel of that video all over the place. If God you damn it. If you know what Porter's talking about. At PMIC you Podcast on Twitter. Know what the fuck I'm know. talking about? 
It's um, awesome. send it to us. Call Bill. Yes. Um, <laughs> Bill's seen it. I guarantee Bill's seen it. Because we both see everything, apparently. We're the same human. All uh, right. We're at an hour 11. Real work, last thing I want to end on, um, you said watching DJ Swearinger try to light up prior. This whole helmet, personal foul thing, I don't get it. The players don't get it. The coaches don't get it. This is going to be. I, I really hope for at least for the preseason, that's fine. That you know, this is a, you know, a trial and error, trying to feel out what's. Well, yeah, how, how can they make, yes, you know, the physicality? How can you make football still football, but at the same time imp- improve player safety? Right, I, um, and that's what. Yes, I get that, but, I mean, was it the Hall of Fame game or some other game? Like I heard that, like, the refs told, like, the captains. Or like the coaches before the game, it's like, hey, we're gonna call it really tight, and just so you guys can get used to it, it's like, well, call it like you would call it in the regular season. Don't call it extra tight just because it's preseason, so we get used to it. Like, call it how you would call it. Like, and I feel well, like the I refs mean, don't even know what they're doing. They're trying to get it. It's practice for them too. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. So yeah. if the refs don't even know what they're doing, like, what are we doing? Nobody here? knows what yeah. they're doing. No one knows what they're doing. No one knows to do with their hands. Yeah, it's. I just see like. I'm looking in the future, and it's an important. It's a close game in the fourth uh, quarter, a playoff game. Yeah, and then Monte Nicholson lays out a, an open receiver, and it's divisional. It has to be. Oh, uh, of course, it'll be week 17 against the Eagles. And I, I just Giants. feel like Thanksgiving. Oh my god, these calls are so subjective. Like it's, it's the not Eagles a. This year, it's, by the way, it's such a judgment call. Okay, I, I don't know how. It was Ed, Ed Reed. Reed. Ed Reed. I have a Colts home. game. <laughs> It was good. Umo drink. Do we look like Umo to you? <laughs> Umo, Umo fucking... No, Umo, you don't Umo, drink. are you here? Because Umo knew exactly what hit I'm fucking talking about. At PMIC Podcast, let us know Umo. <laughs> <laughs> and also drink. <laughs> God damn it! Is anyone as worried about this whole... Yeah, I, yeah I'm terrified. It's like, it's like the catch, but worse, because people could get hurt. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's such a gray area, and like it could change a whole game. And okay. this it goes for offense, too. It's yeah, not, it's not yeah. just it's not just defense. Yeah, it's not just linebackers yep. or safeties or cornerbacks. No, this could be an offensive lineman yep. being called this at what five minutes left in the game in the two minute drill. Yeah, an offensive lineman lowers his head, leads with the crown, destroys somebody. Trent Williams, Brandon Sheriff, Brandon Sheriff destroys people. Brandon Sheriff always if, finishes a play if that comes back because Me and, and he and then he gets sent out sent off the game. Oh yeah. I feel like just any big hit is going to be this subject of a penalty, subject of review. I um, it's horseshit. It, yeah, because at at the same time, it's still football. These are professional athletes that are you know at peak physical condition. They're going to knock the crap out of each other. Yeah, um, and they're doing this by their own. Vol- you, you need you need to make rules. You need to set guidelines. You need to you know make advancements into protective gear to be able to make sure that they're not, you know, just sucking through a straw in their fucking fifties. Absolutely. But at the same time, those rules need to be clear. Yes. They need to be very clear and they need to stop. I swear to God, if we talk about this one more time on the fucking podcast, the umpires and the refs need to have accountability for the choices that they make and the calls that they call. There needs to be some level of everything else besides that. It's like you need oversight to be able to tell them, to quit being fucking assholes about shit that doesn't, they, like their calls are just like unnecessary. That are you yeah know, right. It, it's just, yeah you uh, never hear about an umpire ref getting like reprimanded for a bad call. It's it, horseshit. It, it happened to Juan it's Soto last horseshit. week. Horseshit. Oh yeah, yeah that was that was fucking horrible. I hate him. Yep. I hate him. All right, TF. 
Sorry. Rapid fire? I don't. You know I'm rapid fire repair? All right. I think we just so wrap it up then. Wrap it up? So wrap it up. So what do we do now? Wrap it up. Well, we got preseason Thursday. Wrap um, it up. Yeah, Redskins <laughs> play at home against the Jets. Thank you. Yep. Finally, somebody. But 7.30, probably. I believe so. And then, <laughs> so after the fourth preseason game, we'll do a full-on Redskins preview, predictions, you know, yep. so on and so forth. We'll get into our Pick'em League again. Hey-o! And, oh, um, I can't wait. Yeah, shut up. I already made the spreadsheet. No, hey, first of all, you're going to lose, but that's not what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I already made the spreadsheet. Should we put money on this one? Yes. I thought we had a belt for that. Everybody knows I don't do that. Including Ian, which is why he's emphatic about it. That's why I brought it up. Exactly. Thank you, Tom, for instigating Slick. The PMIC fantasy draft the 26th. Um, yeah, we're Sunday, right? Sunday, yeah, the 26th. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sunday. Are you Sunday coming over? Uh, I could come over. I uh, you could and you should. Yeah. Uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. So yeah I'll, I'll cook. How about that? I'm mm. in. <laughs> in like Duh. Flint. Little swaggy bobby cat. <laughs> um, all right, cool. One fifteen. <laughs> That's pretty solid, guys. I was expecting this to be like two hours, but wrapped it up quickly. Um, again, PMIC podcast on getting efficient in our old age. Apple podcast, Google Play, SoundCloud. Rate, review, subscribe. Spread the word. Davey Martinez sucks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> nope. We're not doing that now. I'm already. I'm already doing the wrap up. We're gonna talk about that later. Um, at Tom underscore Natalie. At Ian underscore Foster twenty one. At Porter, not on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> at Bobby underscore Blanco. Um, SoundCloud. No, wait, don't do that. Uh, sorry, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Hit us up. Let us know what you think. And we'll talk to you later. Run right. all the things that are good. I just wanted to get a rise out of you. <laughs>